What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. From Minnesota, real estate show. Good morning and welcome to the Minnesota Real Estate Show. Uh, this show is hosted by Ryan O'Neill with Remax Advantage Plus, Mike Overson with Luminate, uh, and I'm Scott Wolmering with uh, Remax Advantage Plus. If this is the first time you're uh, you're tuning in, we appreciate you uh, you listening. Uh, you can join the discussion during the show six one two two nine four six nine four nine at any time. You can also text us at that number with any questions that you have. Uh, we do cover everything uh, real estate and mortgage related as it relates to the Twin Cities market. Uh, we've got a special guest on the show today, great agent uh, on the Minnesota real estate team, Bryce Shanky. Uh, welcome to the show, Bryce. Good morning, Scott. Mike, welcome. Hey, good morning. And we also have our, our Mr. Steve Stalock, our uh, our inspector guru. We're going to be talking with him in the second segment about everything inspections related. Uh, if you've caught the show before, you know that we kind of do a, a couple updates. Uh, the first update we do is a mortgage update, and uh, I'm going to hand that over to Mike. Yeah, so mortgage-wise, I mean... Inflation is the biggest driver right now. You know, it's it's one of those things where inflation is causing our rates to slide up. And as as soon as inflation comes under control and starts going back down, we'll see rates probably trickle back down too. So um, end of the week, do you, do you see that? Do you see that happening? Well, I mean, eventually, <laughs> eventually, in the near future, no. Yeah. Like, who knows when that's going to happen? I mean, it's just it's such a beast right now. And um, if you listen to the show last week, you know, Adam Hartung was on. He said that 50% of the money that was uh, that is circulating in the U.S. right now was printed in the last two years. That's right. <clears throat> so that just shows you the amount of money that was printed. And so, of course, when you infuse that many more dollars into the economy here, of course it's going to be worth less, right? The dollar is going to be worth less. And so um, that's why we see inflation at its highest point in the last 40 years right now. And that's what's causing rates to go up. So, you know, we ended on the week about 4.375, four and a half roughly. Um, now the feds did um, raise rates on Wednesday. So what does that mean though? Um, everyone thinks that, that they're talking about mortgage rates mm -hmm. when they raise rates, but it's not, that's not the case. When the feds raise rates, they're raising the feds funds rate. And that rate affects home equity lines of credit, auto loans, and other short-term loans like that. Um, what that does to our mortgages, it actually drives our mortgages down. So on Thursday and Friday of this last week, we actually saw a little bit of a rebound in the mortgage market where rates did trickle down just a little bit because the feds raised rates. And so it's one of the biggest misconceptions out there is that um, when the feds raise rates, they're raising mortgage rates. That's not the case. It's actually just the opposite. When feds raise rates, our mortgage rates actually go down. So as the fed raises rates four or five times this year, like they're talking about, that will give a little relief and will help bring rates back down. Now, inflation is still out there. It's still a bigger driver than what the feds are doing right now. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, we've just got kicked in the teeth. Yeah. You know, so much this year from January 1st to now, we're up, what, uh, point and a quarter. Yeah. We're up 1.25% from the beginning of the year, you know, in a short amount of time. So hopefully it levels off here and we can kind of just have a normal level uh, interest rate market for the next few months. And then we'll just have to see how it plays out. 
Yeah, you know, Bryce, you know, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, but the question comes up, obviously, with how housing uh, uh, prices increasing so uh, so rapidly, and with this, uh, and with the interest rates going up, and with inflation, where the dollar is less uh, worth less. What is that going to do to the to the overall housing market? People are worried about a crash always, and you know we talk about it quite a bit. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it just comes down to supply and demand. I think the supply is ridiculously low. I mean, we're going to talk about what the numbers are right now, and we talk about it every week how inventory is so low. But there's such a high demand out there for the market that uh, I don't see a housing crash coming anytime soon. I mean, it's just, it's crazy the amount of inventory that we have and the amount of buyers that we have, and it's it's not slowing down, that's for sure. That's right. I was just telling Steve off air, just to, just to give people out there an indication of what the market's like. I put a listing on in Farmington, um, and uh, so really good numbers. When you look at the analytics after you list a house, you can take a look at how many saved searches. So that's how many agents in MLS have put in a saved search for a client that meets this particular type of property. In this case, it was a two-story in Farmington for about $450,000. So really good numbers on that would be, you know, 260 to 300 you know, save searches. This had 1,175 oh, save searches. Geez. 1,175 save searches, 765 views. So the clients actually went in and viewed the property. Um, that's the kind of that's the kind of demand. And the only answer that I have to it is we've had such low inventory now for about three years that you're not talking about buyers that um, are just injecting themselves in the market. You're talking about three years of buyers that have not been able to buy a house. And so year after year, they're still there. Inventory stays low, and the 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 new listings coming on, and Bryce is going to go through the numbers here in a second. Um, but like I was telling Steve, I think last week we were at 1,100 or 1,200 new listings coming on. That's the kind of volume that we have in a balanced market. Uh, it's just that they just get eaten up. So as soon as they come on, they're gone. Well, yeah, new construction can't keep up with it either. No. That's, that's the other huge problem. You know, you got these new construction homes that are astronomical in price because where you got labor shortages and problem with supply chain and all these other problems, they can't keep up with that demand. And so that com- combined with low existing home inventory has, you know, been really a huge struggle for buyers. That's right. I just saw numbers and I'm going to butcher them a little bit, but you'll get the gist. Um, that, la- that, la- or I'm sorry, two years ago, um, it was like 16 million homes that were built in, in the uh, in the U.S. And uh, last year it was like 12 million. This year they're predicting about 4.8 million. Um, so I mean, just uh, just so many few homes being built, which also leads to our low inventory. Um, you know, because we used to have new construction there, and there's just not a lot of those either. Uh, let's go through the market numbers. Yeah. So uh, for the last week here, new listings have decreased 5.8% to 1,417. Pending sales decreased 3.8% to 1,128. And inventory decreased 16.3% to uh, just over 4,500 homes on the market. So those, and these are year over year numbers. So last week, the last year this time, um, uh, we had, uh, how many, what did you say? 16% less new listings coming on? Yeah. 16.3. Yeah. But see again, 1400, 1400 new listings. I mean, that is, that's relatively decent volume of new listings, but our, our pendants were what down 3.8. Yeah. Down 3.8 to 11, uh, 1,128. So, so Bryce in this market and you're out there in the trenches every day, what do you, what do you do to, uh, to get a buyer a house? 
Well, you go out and find the inventory. <laughs> That's right. I mean, literally knocking on doors, sending out letters to neighborhoods that, you know, you got a buyer interested in that area. And quite frankly, the conversation I have a lot of uh, with a lot of people who I'm contacting that way is there are people out there who want to sell. Their problem is the same, you know, where they, where concern. Yeah, what where are they going to buy next? So it's having those conversations. Well, you need to get yourself a really good agent on the buy side of things that's going to go out and do those extra steps to find you that home that you're looking for. That's right. I mean, that's what it really boils down to is going to dig for that inventory. That's right. And, Mike, you were saying on last week's show that your applications are up 26%, 26% this year Jeez. over last year. Purchase applications. That's not applicate. That's just, just purchase applications are up 26%. Yep. But closings are down, as we saw. You know, their number amount of closings are down. And, and so it just adds to the backlog of buyers that you were saying. You know, people that were in the market last year got frustrated, said, you know what, let's just sign another year lease. We'll take another crack at it this year. So they're still there. And now you have 26 more uh, percent more purchase applications this year. So you have the last year and you have the this year and it's the backlog and, and the story goes on. Yeah, it is. It is uh, interesting. It's it's a market. You know, we talk about on the show all, all the time as well. There's there's downsides to every market. You know, I mean, we can think back in, you know, 2007, 2008, you know, it would take six months to get four or five showings through a house. There's frustrations in that market, too. You know, you're, you know, right. babysit sellers because the seller's like, what in the world's going on? Why aren't you selling my house? Um, versus now you're writing 10, 15 offers to get a buyer, a, to get a buyer a house. So uh, which, which market would you guys rather be in this type of market or that type of market? This type of market. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I figured. Yeah. It was, it was, that, that was horrible. I mean, you know, I think in, in J- July of 06 or, or 07, I can't remember. It was, it was when the crash happened. I think it was July of 06. Uh, we had 104 listings and six sold. Uh, I mean, it was that quick. 90 days, we went from 18,000 homes on the market to 35,000 homes on the market, Jeez. and the bottom just dropped out, out out of it. It was it was horrible. Uh, and you know, remember, back, you know, back in those days, 50% of all transactions were bank mediated. They were either short sales or bank owned, uh, and uh, those were not those were not fun times either to tell a seller that you just lost 200 grand on your house. Well, and they weren't happening quick either. No, they were not happening quick. Hey, we're up against our first break. We appreciate you tuning in. Um, we'll uh, we'll catch you after the break. This is the Minnesota Real Estate Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Minnesota Real Estate Show. We really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, love to have your questions. Uh, go ahead and 612 uh, nine. I just lost it. What's the number? 612-294-6949. have only been doing the show for 20 years. Well, numbers are hard, Scott. <laughs> they are. They're very hard. Uh, you, can, uh, you can call us at that number or you can text us at that number uh, if you'd like to get in on the discussion. You know, one thing that we were talking about off air that Bryce brought up, which I think is a great point, uh, with inventory levels being low and kind of what's causing it, is uh, is the refis that happen. Yeah, I just talking to Mike here about, you know, we had such a huge refi boom, you know, in the, what, 18 months ago, maybe? I mean, the last 18 months, basically yeah. up until the first of this year. I mean, it was still refi rates. Yeah, so you got all these people who are refining at these fantastic rates. Two and a half percent. Two and a half percent, you know, under three percent, maybe low threes, something like that. And it's like, well, those people aren't going to 
budge off that. It's like, oh, I just refied my home at a great interest rate. Now, why would I want to sell and then go buy at, you know, around 4%? That's right. And it was a truckload. I forgot the numbers, but you went through them like a year ago. It was in the the trillions of dollars of refinance compared to like the before. I mean, it was like a ton of people that did it. Yeah, it was our industry, you know, as far as loan officers, processors, like our industry as a whole staffed to do about 2.5 trillion in loan volume a year. Um, we did four trillion dollars back to back in 2020 and 2021. So you're just stuffing refis into the system, and you know refis ended up taking almost 90 days there at one point because it was just so backlogged. You know, but that look how many people that is then, right? Look how many right. people are at a two seven five to three and a quarter interest rate in their house, and what's it going to take for them to sell and move and buy a different house? That's, That's right. That's the question. That's right. right. Um, you know, I want to welcome on our our our. One of our original partners, Steve Stalock with Win Home Inspection. Uh, he's been with us for the entire uh, the entire haul. Uh, welcome to the show, Steve. Yeah, it's great to be here. The original show, we, it was two hours. It was two hours, and yeah. I was the guest the entire time. <laughs> That's right. Well, when when I when I first when I first started it, it was just me and and Kelly Guest. Yeah. Remember Kelly Guest? Yeah. And uh, and then uh, Ryan came on. I think maybe a year into it, and uh, yeah, but we used to do a two hour show, and then we had. Then we had a, a Thursday seven o'clock show um, where we fo- followed Jason Lewis. Uh, that was a good. That was a good time slot. Huh. I don't <laughs> think I could listen to you for two hours. No, I, trust me. That's why we went to an hour. <laughs> People it's complain. Just, here you are, so many years later. Just proves you've been successful. You know? <laughs> well, so it's good to be here. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, what's going on in your world? Uh, business for me is a little bit streaky and weird. <laughs> you know, you got a weird real estate market, so life for me is weird. Um, because generally to be in such a hyper competitive market in order to win a bid, you got to waive the inspection. So for me, a lot of it's very non-traditional. Um, I do some inspections after they close. Um, I do quite a few of the, um, you know, tag along during the, um, offer phase. So before you offer, I'll take along half hours worth, an hour of time and tell you as much as possible so that you're pretty well educated on the house before you make your offer. Um, I'm seeing an uptick quite a bit in that. Um, and other than that, um, you know, for me, inspection requests are coming at, uh, you know, the extremes of different types of houses, either extremely large or, you know, a way outer perimeter where the markets aren't quite as competitive. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't seen a, your traditional two-story house <laughs> in the inner burbs in a long time. And, and folks, I mean, it, let that sink in for a little bit. I mean, uh, so I've been doing this for about 23 years, and I can think on one hand in 23 years the houses that I did not do an inspection on, and they were all new construction. And now in the last year, I didn't write one with a home inspection. And uh, and for people that aren't aren't really in the market right now, you might be thinking, well, that, how in the world that's not representing your client? You know, it's always the client's uh, the, the the decision. But the reality is, when there's twenty, thirty offers on a property, you're not going to get a you're not going to buy a house. So if, right. if the decision is you're going to ask for a home inspection, then just stay where you're at or rent or wait for the market to change. But in this current market, in the meat and potatoes under five hundred grand price range. You can't get an inspection through because yeah. there's there's too many. Or if you're a first time home buyer, yeah, you know you've been sitting looking for a house for two years. You're living in, with your parents, and all of a sudden you got two cats, a dog, and a kid. You need a house. That's right. And you know you've you've missed out on fifteen other offers 
well, maybe I'll pass on that inspection because you need a house. That's right. Total, total rational decision there. And it is. And it's it's a calculated risk, Bryce. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. You know, I can think of a few homes where there were really big ticket items through the years. For the most part, it's a lot of nickel-dime stuff, under $5,000, that kind of thing. So it is a calculated risk. But uh, like to Steve's point, having an inspector out to at least take a look at some of the major mechanicals, take a look at the roof, uh, make sure there's not mold in the attic. I mean, things that, <laughs> yeah. you know, where there can be a big expense makes sense. Yeah. I, and I guess, Steve, my, my biggest question to you is, um, so what, what exactly are you doing during that 30 minute walk through <laughs> the house? Like, I mean, I, yeah, I what know can you possibly tell. Well, right. Cause I mean, it's, you know, usually they might last a couple hours, three hours, whatever. Sure. And then you might do a walk through with your buyer. You have all that time. Now you're going in there in 30 minutes. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody so, what you do. Yeah. You know, also, the reality is if I, we scheduled for a 30 minute showing, I budget an hour's worth of my time because there's, you get there a little bit earlier. You actually, you know, I'm looking at stuff and then there's 15 minutes to 30 minutes of conversation in the driveway. So it's in total, I'm investing an hour of my time. But as an example, I, I did one, it was two weeks ago now. It was a two story in Rosemont. Nice little 80s built house. <laughs> but within the first, you know, 30 minutes, I was able to pretty much, and they hadn't seen the house in the daylight. So, you know, the, the roof was pretty aged. There was a lot of siding deterioration, but I also was able to determine the furnace, water heater, and air conditioner were all original equipment from the 80s. Oh, wow. And on and on and on it went. There was a lot to learn in only 30 minutes. So these first-time home buyers who are going to waive the inspection, make an offer, are now very well informed with the with the essentials of that home. Mm-hmm. Plus, they had opportunity, and there were a couple other, you know, not expensive corrections, but safety issues in the home. So you know, and maybe they'll call me for a full inspection once they if they get the house you know, to do the rest of it. But still, um, they're moving forward essentially pretty well informed on the essentials of that house so agents in the room here so so if this was your buyer and steve tells you all this stuff right you got original ac you got original furnace stuff like that your buyers want to move forward are you what are you guys doing you asking the seller to maybe pay for a home warranty or something like that or what i wouldn't ask the seller to pay for a home warranty because they're not going to but I, i always i always have last year i probably did more home warranties than I ever have before. So I, that's what I would tell the buyers every, every time. Go ahead and put a home warranty on it. Because those are your big ticket items. You know, the furnace goes out, the water heater goes out, you know, whatever, your appliances go down. You know, those those are, that's money out of po- money out of pocket. So put, put a home warranty on it. It's about 600 bucks for the year. It covers everything. You know, again, it just alleviates the risk a little bit. Yeah, I had, well, I had a buyer that uh, I think it was a week after they moved in. They did no inspection. I ended up purchasing the the home warranty for them as kind of a closing gift because they were really concerned about the no inspection deal. Well, a week later, they ended up with water in their basement. They hmm. had they had a backup in their plumbing, and the home warranty kicked in, and boom, it was taken care of. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you can give them all the advice 
you know, of what they should do when they're walking in and before they're making an offer, but ultimately it's their decision. And if they want to go no inspection, then say, hey, look, you might have X amount of costs coming up with, you know, an older furnace, older water heater, things like that, and just let giving them as much education as possible when they're making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, Steve, we were talking before the show, so you just did an inspection on an 8,000-square-foot house (laughs) out in Bear Path, and you said that took you the whole day. Um, houses that are that large are complicated. You know, they have multiple heating systems and, you know, I mean, it's three houses put into one. Yeah. And, yeah, they're complicated. So exciting, interesting homes, but still, uh, maybe not a complete all day, but there was no way I was going to get a second inspection done that day. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Especially with your report. Um, there's always that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the houses that I am actually being asked to inspect are typically not very competitive situations. So that means a lot of times they're a little more distressed. Mm -hmm. And yes, the reports on those tend to get a little voluminous. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right. Uh, 612-294-6949 is how you can join the discussion. Uh, Also, if you've not checked us out before, go to mnrealestateshow.com. That's our website. You can find out everything about the uh, the Minnesota real estate team there, uh, everything about all of our great partners, including Mr. St- uh, Steve Stalock. And uh, I know, Bryce, you got a couple uh, listings that you wanted to get through. Yeah, uh, 3613 Commodore Drive in Brooklyn Center. This one is listed by an excellent agent on the Minnesota real estate team, Karen Lunzer. This is a three-bed, one-bathroom, 1,000-square-feet uh, 1, unfinished basement, so there's some equity that's uh, potentially there to expand that, finish it. It's going on the market for two forty nine nine, so you can say goodbye to that one. That will go quick. That is bye bye. I uh, got another one here. Uh, Brian Amundsen with the Minnesota Real Estate Team, Remax Advantage Plus. He has one two two zero Olivia Street Southeast in New Prague. That's a three bed, two bath. Uh, looks like it's fifteen twenty two for the square footage. Um, and that one's going on the market for 350000 Wow. Uh, another one here, if we got a little bit of time. Yep, you got time. All right. 2985 Fairview Avenue North in Roseville. This one's being listed by uh, David Meyer with the Minnesota Real Estate Team, REMAX Advantage Plus. It is a three-bed, one-bath, um, single-family home, uh, 1,255 square feet, it's going on the market for two hundred and eighty thousand. So that one's going to be gone, gone, gone. It too. is. It is. Um, we appreciate you uh, you tuning in uh, again. MNRealEstateShow.com is how you can get in touch with us twenty four seven. If you are uh, interested in selling, if you're listening to the show and you say, you know, I want to take advantage of this market, we would love to help you out. You can uh, go to that site. You can uh, email us directly. Uh, if you're looking at buying, we'd love to uh, would love to help you there. Uh, we've got phones ringing. We'll take that after the break. This is the Minnesota Real Estate Show. Talk. Welcome back to the Minnesota Real Estate Show. Appreciate you tuning in. Also appreciate Jerry uh, holding through the break. Uh, Jerry's got a question. Uh, Jerry, you there? Yes, sir, I am. What's uh, what's your question? Well, uh, you know, everybody has heard about people had uh, people having water in their basements. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just wondering if a person buys a, a new home, are they pretty much guaranteed that that new home is going to have a 100% waterproof basement? 
It's a great. It's a great question. Um, there, uh, there's water. There's. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the name that most builders use. Watchdog, or do you, do you know what it is, Steve? Uh, the buzzword it doesn't yeah. mind, but there's no such thing as waterproof. Yeah, there's water resistance, and yes, they market it as waterproofing. But um, you dig a hole in the ground, you plop a house in it, and you do your best to manage the water. Um, newer houses will have drain tiling systems. Yeah. You let the water in, you divert it into a bucket, pump it out. Older houses built before you know 70s and earlier. Don't have that. Yeah. And right now is worst case scenario. This is the best time to be inspecting houses. We had a heavy wet snow. It's all melting fast. We've had a little bit of rain. The ground is saturated. Yeah. You're going to get water in the basements right now. Yeah. You know, J- Jerry, um, I did quite a bit of new construction and my, my builder at that time said that the new systems that they use, you could take a dump truck of water, come up to the house, dump it on the house and you wouldn't get any water in the basement. So for the most part, it's a very, very good system that new construction uh, uh, uses, but like Steve said, can't guarantee water. Um, you know, it, it'll, it's going to go where it's going to go. Uh, does that answer your question? Oh, he's not there. Th- well, thanks. I hope you're still listening, Jerry. Appreciate the uh, the question, and thanks for listening to the Minnesota Real Estate Show. Um, yeah, you know, uh, water in Minnesota. I mean, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, it's going to always be there. Yeah, I remember the house. The house that we lived in right before this one. Um, we uh we had a we had a patio on the back concrete patio that was cracking and stuff like that so we had someone come in so we're going to put a paver patio in so they dug down right a little bit and they hit some water and so they dug down a little bit more pumped the water out and water kept on coming in and it was like there's just water there right and so then it's like okay so now we know that there's water there never had a wet basement but it was like they'd pump it all out and it would just come right back in and so then they installed drain tile system and things like that underneath this paper patio to say hey look there's just there's water here that's it is what it is you know and you run it out and you address it and go from there but i mean it was like one of those things where i'm like holy crap like i looked in this hole and like it's completely filled with water and that's not that far below like where the bottom level is and you know it is what it is i've seen some houses where the sump pumps run year round i'll be inspecting in the middle of january and the pump is kicking in like every half hour yeah so there are naturally some lots that just have a high water table, and there's just water all the time. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So this is back in 2000, I think probably 2016, we had just built a really, really nice home over in Linden Hills. Um, it was uh, about a million five. Um, far, anyways, beautiful house. And I remember it being July 4th because we were having a, a big neighborhood barbecue to unveil the house. And so we had, we had hundreds of people coming, and I had a showing, and I was on air, and I get a text message from an agent that said I'm overshowing your your you know your new listing, and there's four feet of water in the basement, mm. and uh, and so and this was the house. So literally, when we were having the uh, the barbecue, and people were coming through the house, we had to rope off the basement. So you can imagine how well that one sold, and uh, so we had to raise the floor uh, of we had to rip out the entire basement, raise the floor twelve inches. Mm. Um, and then water was running thousands of gallons every hour. Th- I mean, th- through this sump system that we're running outside the house, with like a like with a f- like with a fire hose into the alley, into the sewer system. And this went on for sixty days. We thought it was a broken sewer vein. We thought and we, no one had any answer for it. We're testing the water to see if it's sewer water or if it's not. Well, all of Linden Hills is built over. Um, these old marshes and old springs. 
And so what had happened is a spring had broke. I mean, even though the house was already built, mm. a spring had broke. Mm. And so we ended up having to put in a system that you would have in a, like a hotel uh, to be able to handle the uh, the water volume wow. that was in this uh, that was in this house. It was it was crazy. Huh. Somehow you think you could turn that into a water feature. Oh, the basement has an access. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Ooh. Well, and then, of course, you know, and then, of course, it's the water house. So, yeah. you know, then finally when we got it fixed, reputation. well, yeah, you can't sell it because people mm-hmm. just watch zillions of gallons of water run off this house. So I just had my client rent it for three years so people knew that the new system worked mm-hmm. and then it was easy to sell. But, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy one. Um. Um, I, I was going to say, I get a lot of questions of um, waiting. Like, hey, you know, home prices, look, we're, we've been in the market the last couple of years, right? Or we've been watching it. Home prices keep going up. We're going to we're gonna wait to buy, right? Because <laughs> we think home prices are going to come down and stuff. So I get that a lot now, too. What I mean, forecasting 12 months from now. So if someone's lease is coming up here in the next couple months, and they're like, okay, we either got to buy or we're going to sign another year lease. What's, what's, your, what's your response to that? Bryce? Buy now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you think it, the, the home prices are, are going to continue to appreciate because the supply is so low, right. right? The appreciation may slow down than it has been in the past. Maybe we won't be getting such high rates of appreciation, but we're going to continue to appreciate until we get more inventory on the market and things get more balanced out. Well, if rates decide to continue to climb or you know, whatever happens with those, that's really going to affect affordability waiting another 12 months and saying, oh, well, I'm going to renew my lease or whatever it might be. I mean, you're not getting any equity when you're paying rent. Right. You know, yeah. it's you're just throwing money away. Same same question we got last year. So, so again, if you bought a house last year for 300, it's worth three, 360 right now. So, so again, and the same question was being asked. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to buy right now because houses aren't going to go up. Yeah, they are. We have 4,400 homes on the market, like Bryce was saying. If you add 25% to the market for the next five years, we're not at a balanced market. And we're not going to increase 25% every year for the next five years. So, And I agree with what Bryce is also saying. We're not going to keep appreciating at 12%. The, the market's going to push back, can't afford that. Um, but we are going to still move in that direction. Maybe it's 3%, maybe it's 4%. Um, but we are, going to go, we are going to go that way. Yeah, I figured. So, I mean, if, if you guys had to take a guess... Next year at this time, I mean the last year. So what? What? What we increase in the Twin Cities Metro here, appreciation well, it, wise? Well, I think I think it's got it's like isn't it like eight percent? That's in, about in right. your bread and butter price range, right? Whenever right. everyone's at, but it's it's more like anything under five hundred was more at like twelve, fifteen percent. Yeah, and then when you get you know six hundred to a million, maybe it was only a couple percent. So so everything is front loaded on that under five hundred grand. So median sales price uh, a year ago was three hundred and six thousand, and it went up eleven percent to three hundred forty. Oh, okay. So eleven yeah, percent. So about fifteen percent right. under five. Under so five so even even if even if we half that for the next year, which I still think it's going to be more than half. Right, it's going to be more than five and a half percent. I think yeah. it's going to be closer to probably seven eight for this next year. But even yeah. if it's only five and a half percent, still five and a half percent appreciation over the next twelve months. So a four hundred thousand dollar house is going to cost you. 420 to 425 next year at this yep. time. That's right. That's right. Before I forget, Steve, uh, let people know how they can get in touch with you. Well, my number is 952-891-4455, but nobody's going to remember that, right? <laughs> and instead, what you do is you go to the website for the show, mnrealestateshow.com. Got a great website. List all your preferred partners there. Click on that. 
And you go down to home inspections and look for that handsome ball guy. That's me. That is you. That's me. Um, I've got a listing that I wanted to talk about in uh, in Farmington, 17738 Flint Avenue. I uh, just went on the market a couple days ago. Uh, 450000 almost an acre lot uh, in, in, a, in a city lot, which is hard to come by. Um, totally remodeled main level, a brand new kitchen, uh, four bedroom, four bath, walkout basement. Um, again, just a huge yard. So it not only is it an acre, but it's all usable. It's like a football field. It's great. Nice. Um, and uh, it's available for showings, 17738 Flint Avenue in Farmington for $450,000. And uh, we're up against the last break of the Minnesota Real Estate Show. We'll catch you back. Hey, welcome back. This is the Minnesota Real Estate Show. This is the last segment. We still have time for your calls, 612-294-6949. You can call us there. You can text us there with your questions. Uh, also, mnrealestateshow.com. That's how you can get a hold of us 24-7. We would love to help you uh, to help you buy, help you sell. Uh, I've got one of the best agents on the team in the studio today, Bryce Shanky. Um, if somebody is looking to do something, Bryce, uh, maybe give them your contact info. Sure. You can reach me by phone or text 651-302-4812 or by email, and it's Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, at BryceRealEstate.com. That's right. Mike? So from from a mortgage standpoint, moving forward, you know, we were, you were asking me, what do you think of the forecast of, of, of the housing market's going to do? What do you think the the forecast of what rates are going to do? Oof. If you were to make a guess, that's a tough that's a tough one, right? There's a lot of people talking about recession next year, which is going to drive rates down. You know, so I I don't know. It's it's interesting what's going to happen here because if you look if you look at a graph of like our mortgage market over the last two years, daily movements are typically small, right? If you look at the last two and a half months, we see up, down, up, down. You know what I mean? It's a sawtooth deal. And that's because inflation is out there. And then you have this Russia-Ukraine thing, which then, you know, helped interest rates go down. And then there was inflation number came out the next day. So then it was back down again. And so I I think, I mean, I think we might brush four, you know, four, seven, five, maybe we hit 5%, you know, but I think it'd be a very short-term deal. Um, and then it floats back down. And then, you know, I think, I think anywhere between four and four and a half is going to be the new norm for a while. But don't be surprised if we do see the numbers start with the five for a month or two, maybe later this year. Um, but I think next year, then I think, you know, with the economy and stuff, I do think that they're going to float back down and, you know, they're going to be back down into the low fours. You know, that, that reminds me, you know, because we have moved about a quarter, uh, what, a point and a quarter in the last couple months. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so when I think of, you know, people that are qualified and they're qualified at a certain number uh i mean that is a drastic change i mean if you're qualified for 400 now you might might only qualify for 350 right yeah you know and the good thing is is that i mean i'm looking at just all my pre-approved buyers that i have now in general i don't have too many people that are riding right up to the line like hey you're approved for this if rates go up a quarter percent you're not approved for that anymore like that type type there's a few of them that are that tight so then we got to be very careful obviously with with managing that um but a lot of them have the room to go um which is nice but yeah to your point um typically one percent in interest rate decreases how much you can buy by ten percent so if you're 
if if with today's rates you qualify for a four hundred thousand dollar house, if rates go up one percent, now you're down to three sixty. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, what what a change. You know, I think that has a lot to do with people that got burned during the crash and kids that kind of lived through that that are now home buyers. Because back then, you know, I was, I was just talking off air. You know, um, I'd sold twelve homes in, in a neighborhood between eight hundred and a million and a half, and not one of those people put a dollar down. Uh, they were doing a 20% uh, second and an 80% first, and uh, and they were maxing out what they could possibly buy because the mindset back then was everything was moving at 15%. And so if I, you know, if I can qualify, go on an arm or whatever, and I can buy a million-dollar house, well, I'm going to make $150,000 on that every year because that's what happens is the houses go up, right? And uh, why would I buy something at 500 when that's really what I could afford? And because I'd so a lot of prospecting that went in, and that works great as long as it's going up fifteen percent. The problem is, two thousand seven hit, and they went backwards, and right. uh, that's where everybody that, and that's where everybody walked away. So when people talk about crashes, you got to remember back then again, you, you don't have any money in, you, you know. So you just bought a house, you have zero dollars in. Now you just lost four hundred grand on your million dollar house. People just walked away from it. That's not the case any longer. You have to have a job. You have to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, you have to have money. You have to be. You have to actually approve to buy a house. You, right. d- you didn't then. Yeah, and the other thing too is, is that w- what do people have today that they didn't have back then? Equity. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you got 150 grand equity in your house, you're not going to just let it go back to the bank. You're going to sell it. That's right. Take the 150 grand, sell it, go rent for a year or two, figure it out, you know, get back on track. And now you still got 50 to 75 grand for down payment on the house a couple years down the road, you know? So people aren't going to be walking away. And I think banks learn too. It's like, Hey, it's way better for us to work with people and keep people in their houses and come up with an alternative payment plan versus foreclose because right. that just causes a mess and it's more expensive. So you have the twofold people have equity. Now banks are a little bit better at being able to work uh, with people to keep them in their house. And so we're not going to get this big glut of inventory that people think might be coming from all this forbearance stuff. Just don't see it happening. Yeah. You know, it was, it was an interesting time. I remember I did a seminar called should I stay or should I go? Uh, and, uh, and, the, and the premise, the premise of the seminar was if you throw away the American, Hey, we make our mortgage payment regardless of anything. And you just looked at it from a business standpoint. Um, if you bought a house for a million dollars and now it's worth five, um, you're, you're going to be buried in that house and you can't afford it. You know, you're, going, you're taking money on credit cards. You know, you're taking money out of your 401k so you can make your house payment because that's the American way. If you just look at it from a business standpoint, you're much better off walking from your house, take the three-year hit. You can go back and buy your million-dollar house that you live in for $650,000 after right. three years. And uh, and it was an interesting it was an interesting concept, but it was very true. And it was also these same banks that are telling you, no, no, hey, make that mortgage payment, make that mortgage payment. They walked away from everything in 90 days. Anything that they had uh, that they had uh, uh, borrowed on, condos all over Florida. I, I won't name the banks, but you know them. They're big. Oh, yeah. They walked away from everything in 90 days. So Because from them, it's pure business. They're not, they're not going to take that hit. They just walked away from it. Yep. We wanted to get to uh, a, a second question that Jerry had when he had called in later. He had uh, sent a text and asked if uh, if we know if new home builders put heavy vinyl under the cement slab. That was what his question was, his additional one. Heavy vinyl under the cement slab. So 
so the slab in the basement, it, you're going to have just just your concrete. You're going to have you're going to have a vape, vapor, you have a vapor you're barrier. You have a vapor barrier. So maybe when he's saying vinyl, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then you're going to have a, a class five, um, and then you're going to have like Steve said a, a drain tile drain system, tile, yep. which is basically a tube that runs around the perimeter. So that's done for water intrusion reasons and also for radon. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of things we don't want infiltrating up from the ground. Yeah, man, radon has become a, a thing. My first 15 years in the business, I don't think I had one radon test except for relocations because they were always required. And now almost every single inspection has a radon test. Yeah, and I feel like it kind of varies from buyer to buyer. You know, a lot of people are understanding that radon is something that they should be aware of and know what it is, but not everybody is as concerned about it from one person to the next, I feel like. but That's very true. But, you know, I think in overall the effect is awareness, and people can make their own decision, and that's the way I think the Realtors Association has made it. We're going to make you aware yep. and let the buyers decide. Or just wear a mask. Uh, <laughs> inside your house. Yeah, inside your house. Yeah. Just wear now, a mask. One thing I'd like to say is, you know, sometimes people walk into a house and they'll see a radon system installed. Newer houses have it built in. But if you see an existing house and has it, and some people say, oh, I don't want to look at this house that has radon, the truth is exactly the opposite. The radon was determined to be a concern, and they've gotten, or they're managing it. They're trying to get rid of it the best they can. So it's actually, that house is now better <laughs> than if it didn't have it. That's so right. it's, it's not a negative strike against a house if you see a system in it. Yeah, in new construction, like Steve said, they, they have a requirement for a passive system, which is basically a tube that goes into the cement and then goes out through the uh, through the roof. Uh, and uh, then you can also make that system active by putting a fan in it, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting to me. The fan's 180 bucks. I don't know why builders just don't. Why, you, why don't yeah. they just put an active system in? But they don't. They're they're a passive system, and if you want it to be active, uh, you need to install your own fan. They put the electrical outlet in there for you. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're good that way. Yeah. So uh, this is the Minnesota Real Estate Show. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in through the entire hours. We're in our last last few minutes here. Still time for your call if you uh, if you have a question. Six one two two nine four six nine four nine. If you uh, want to know what your home is worth, uh, and you, you know you've been listening to the show and. Maybe you just haven't been involved in the market, but you're thinking, well, you know what? This is interesting. I wonder what it actually is worth. You can go to mnrealestateshow.com. There's an online market analysis button there. You can just click that, fill out the little form with uh, information on your house, and an expert agent that works in your area, probably in your neighborhood, uh, on the team will uh, will do that for you and tell you what it's worth. Uh, any last thoughts, Braves? Uh, I, you know, I would just say as much as research people do on finding a realtor to sell their home, they should be also doing just as much research on finding a really good buyer's agent in this market. You know, somebody who's got experience winning in multiple offers will take away a lot of that frustration from buyers who are losing out in multiples. Just make sure that, you know, they're they're an experienced person and, and they know how to win in today's market. Yeah, and and somebody that is uh, that's well known and respected. Um, Absolutely. You know, there's there's a lot of things that go into multiple offers. Obviously, your your uh, your price that you're giving for the house, the terms that you're financing. Hopefully, you're financing with a local lender like Mike. Um, is is the earnest money refundable? Is there a home inspection? And also, is that listing agent? Do they know you? And do they have respect for you? Because the other thing you look for is the a lack of an issue that's possibly going to come up. So if Bryce is writing on one of my homes. 
uh, and and he's in the running, I'm going to give him the opportunity to be able to get that house because I've worked with him. I know his people are solid. I know we're not going to have any issues. He's going to answer his phone. He communicates, he's right, yeah. communicate. Uh, and those are all the things that go in. So if you've got somebody and you continue to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and lose, now everybody loses. If there's 40 offers on a house, 39 people aren't getting it. But over time, if it continues to happen, sometimes you got to go, okay, what is, what's the factor here? And maybe maybe your agent's a jerk, and uh, people don't like him. Well, you just told me this this week. You ran into an agent. It's like, I'd never heard from him. Yeah, that's right. Never called back. Wrote, just, wrote the offer, submitted it, ne- never a word. Steve, any last thoughts from you? No. Uh, call me. Inspect your house. <laughs> and I understand the competitive nature, but consider um, having an inspection after because you know, maybe we won't find a whole lot of things wrong with the home. But what I do is I really teach people about the house, how it works, and you'd be a much more informed homeowner. Mike? Yeah, I mean, I, just on the inspection side of things, everything's got a filter these days. We talked about it. There's things in there that got filters that you had no idea that would have filters, and just having Steve go through there after after a, a closing just to teach you about the house is huge. Makes sense. Again, appreciate you tuning in. This is the Minnesota Real Estate Team, the number one team in Minnesota, and this is the Minnesota Real Estate Show. Catch you next week. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.